What, 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 what is up, everybody? I am Kyle. Welcome back to another episode of Crossing Broadcast. Hit that thumbs up for me if you're watching on YouTube. Subscribe on the podcast if you're listening to wherever you get podcasts. And subscribe on the YouTube channel. Let's get right into it. Let's bring on Kevin Kincaid and let's bring on our guest today. Giants writer, Jets writer, New York sports writer, ESNY, EliteSportsDaily.com. James Cratch, James, how are you? Two days to you guys get the ever living shit stomped out of you in the Lincoln Financial Field for the tenth time in a row. In a row. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I don't know if it'll be that bad. I mean, I'm not gonna. Might as well. Spoiler alert. Like, I think the Eagles will win the game, but okay. I think the Giants will will hang tough. I think they've proven that even though everything I've ever thought about football in my entire life tells me they're not as good as they. Results are turning out, you know, the wise man said, you are what your record says you are. So you got to give him credit. True. I, actually, I, I, I like that. I think you're one of the few level-headed, and, and you're not you're not a Giants fan. Did you grow up a Giants fan? Did you grow up a Jets fan? I know you New York guys are weird. Grew up a Giants fan, but when you cover the Giants as a beat writer, which I did for three seasons, that just kind of gets beaten out of you. Yeah. Um, and I was on the beat 2015, 16, and 17. So I saw a lot of stuff. I was there in the heart of the, uh, the dark – decade for them the the underbelly of of metlife stadium i guess i I, uh i don't think i've had the allegiance of the eagles beaten out of me yet i think uh give me a a, maybe a a year or two um i might i don't know where kevin's head's at on the whole eagles have you had the eagles beaten out of you is it still a job kev or is it for love of the game i'm gonna reveal something here probably controversial maybe i shouldn't say this on the podcast but at the end of every eagles season i pour myself a drink Oh, a celebratory drink because it's okay. uh, not because I want to see it. end. I want to see them win it all. You know, I want to see them win the Super Bowl, but it's the hardest part of the year for us. It's the busiest part of the year for us. We do our most the, the most writing that we do. We work like six days a week, seven days. Sometimes we're popping on to do stories. It's just a grind, man. I mean, the football season is a grind, you know, and like that's what that's what pays the bills for everybody, at least in Philadelphia, probably not in New York, but. Yeah, man. When it's over, it's like you're sad it's over because you want them to win it all. But it's like, well, that was that was a haul, man. That was like that was straight through from like the first week of September to whatever it is now. What is it now? January nineteenth, you know, yeah. seventeen game schedule. So yeah, it's a haul, man. There's a lot going on. I mean, I'm just glad we survived the bye week. The the last last two weeks, man. Like I don't know what they're talking about. I don't know what what there even is uh, left to talk about. I was listening to uh, to Rob on the radio last night, Rob Ellis, and uh, I think the topic they were do- they were doing was, uh, are we overthinking this? You know, like are we, are we trying to talk ourselves into the Giants winning the game? Because I think they're just like, there's only so much you can talk about. And they got to they go five days of the bye week. And then they got to do five days this week before they get to uh, before they get to uh, the game. You know, it's like, man, how much how many how many different ways can we slice it? You know, Cratch, is it is it Giants Jets for you or is it like Yankees Mets? And you're just like you're in Kevin's shoes where you're just like, thank God this is over. No, I'm, I'm a football guy. So I love football season, but. I think New York's unique because we're definitely a football, baseball town, but baseball is a much – I would always say New York's a baseball town. And okay. if the Knicks are really good, it's a basketball town, but that's very few and far between. And hockey, you know, wake us up in the Eastern Conference Finals. 100%. What are they just, What are they talking about on, like, WFAN up there? I, you guys had it because there was the, the – the, at least you had the Vikings game in between. So yeah, you have to do no, two weeks a, a lot like, of you know, a lot of can the Giants do this? Uh, I, I was listening. I think I, Craig Carton, I think, said it well. Like on Tuesday afternoon, like m- Monday half, most of Tuesday was like, let's talk about the Vikings game, and it flips. Now it's time to get ready for the Eagles. So heavy Giants. Um, the Giants definitely captivate the town in a way that the Jets don't necessarily. Jets have a smaller fan base, more of a. I always say the Giants fan base is northern New Jersey and city proper. The Jets fan base is sort of more in Long Island. So that also kind of skews it. But, no, people are excited. I mean, I think people are just – as I wrote this morning, they're straining. every. The thing about the Giants is fans, media, every time they have success, it must be compared to the past success. You might, really? So, yeah. Oh, it's every – A lot of Tom Coughlin guys calling in the radio? I mean, week 18, they're playing the Eagles. Let's rehash the magical – the night Tom played to win the game against the Patriots. You know, like everything has to go. Like I will never forget, um, 
I forget which year it was. I think my first year in the beat, they started 0-2, and, and they were going to play the Redskins, now Commanders, in week three. And it was like the goal line stand, Spags, when they you know, they, they were 0-2 in 20, 2007. They beat the Red, uh, Washington. They won a Super Bowl. I'm like, like guys, Juan Young is playing linebacker for this team. Like, it's not going to happen. And I wrote that. Um, yeah, there are some similarities. Uh, you know, the questions about Eli, the – struggles, low expectations, the Cowboys were the one seed, now the Eagles are, but that Giants team that won the Super Bowl, and I think like revisionist history, people act like they were not any good. They were 10 and 6. They won six straight games at one point. They had three Hall of Fame or borderline Hall of Fame pass mm-hmm. rushers. They had a Pro Bowl middle linebacker. Uh, Plaxico Burris and Amani Toomer are galaxies better than any wide receiver this team has. Uh, they, they were veteran. The offensive line was better. Eli at least had been to the playoffs twice. Tom Coughlin had, you know, had won a Super Bowl as an assistant. He'd been to the AFC title. There's no comparison. Uh, that was a that was a really good football team that happened to win a wild card, which happens all the time in the NFL. This team is something different. They're definitely an underdog, um, but it's just always rehashing the past. Get Tom on the phone. Get Eli on the phone. You know. If they win on Saturday, it's just, you know, Lawrence Tynes is waiting by the phone, hoping somebody kicks a game-winning field goal so he can get involved. Lawrence Tynes. It's, it's not too different from here. I mean, we love just trotting out former Eagles. You have former Eagles on your sports media and your sports or sorry, sports radio. You have former Eagles on your NBC Sports channel. You got former Eagles doing the news sometimes. So I'm curious about this. Like, do they work for the Eagles, though? Some do. Uh, some some work the Giants, as the Giants have like a vast like media propaganda apparatus. Like <laughs> Carl Banks is on to defend Kayvon Thibodeau. It's like well, Carl Banks is a key card to get into the facility. Like, what do you think he's gonna say? And Eli works for the team. Eli's guy's on office. Yeah. So Seth Joyner's actually that's our guy. He's our linebacker. He's our linebacker. Our our, uh, our our Carl Banks guy. He's just total opposite. He hates the Philadelphia Eagles. I know Negadelphia. You know, guys yeah. don't blitz enough. Yeah, they don't blitz enough. They don't get to the quarterback enough. Speaking of Carl Banks, Cratch, are you coming down uh, with Carl Banks to do their tailgate party at uh, Xfinity Live here in Philly? No, no, I, I will not be there. Um, I did see Big Blue Travel. Uh, funny story, like the entire like Mike Francesa versus Odell Beckham rivalry, the genesis was Big Blue Travel. <laughs> so, like, so Big Blue Travel at the end of the year, I, I'm pretty sure I, I've got this right. They would do this sort of like end of year banquet where like people would pay like 250 bucks a head to go eat, you know, some breakfast sausage and get autographs. I love that. And Mike was like emceeing it at some like, you know, the, the Hyatt by the, the Meadowlands or whatever. <laughs> and like Odell no showed. Mm. Now it sounds like Odell maybe gave, I, it was debated whether Odell gave him enough heads up. He wasn't going to be there, but, but like no one told Mike. So Mike gets there and Odell. So Mike goes on the radio the next day and just trashes Odell. Um, all kinds of complications, like the WFN guy is working with it anyway. But that's kind of the genesis of the Odell versus Mike uh, rivalry that still exists to this day because Mike will take any chance he can to t- tee off on Odell. So that would be like Angelo Gattotti partnering up with Green Legion and AJ Brown or Devontae Smith or Jalen Hurts doesn't show up. Okay. Exactly. Right. It, it goes from there. Yeah. Okay. Well, that ecosystem system is very complicated, by the way. I don't think people really realize how like entangled you get in that stuff. Like mm-hmm. if you hear that, like, you know, Avante Maddox is sponsored by Dell Toyota Chevrolet or whatever, you know mm-hmm. I mean? Like, so like they may give him a friggin' car as part of like his daily hit with his weekly hit with like, mm-hmm. you know, the fanatic or something, I'm just making this up, but uh, that's how it's all intertwined. So it's like, help me help you help this guy get a car. And then we get him like on the radio once a week, you know, it's like, all it's like, all it's like crazy. There's so much. I would love like a deep dive into, into that. It, it really is. Like, I remember um, his first year, 2016, McAdoo went on with Francesa once a week and like him and Francesa, like Francesa flipped out on him one time and like, he, but like, so I, and like, so it got back to me, like I had written this story, like, you know, he's paid to do this. And then it got back to me, like, no, like he's not paid to do it. I'm like, well, Eli reportedly is getting like half a million dollars to call in once a week. Jeez. So, is Sirianni getting paid, Kev? Um, they, I believe they do because it's con- contractually stipulated. That's that why I don't know. Like, it might, yeah. Nick might not actually get paid because WIP is the state, the part, that might be part of like the deal. It may be wrapped James, into like, the, yeah. yeah, yeah. It may be wrapped into because the way it works is like, you know, like WIP pays 
X millions of dollars for the Eagles radio rights, you know, and then they, that gives them the, the ability to sell their commercials during the broadcast and put their own talent in place and all that. But yeah, I mean, contractually, like I would think that that's part of the deal that Sirianni just appears. Yeah. You know, so I don't think he gets like extra money for, for that. Yeah. I think it's the same with the Phillies too, where they're the, like the, the, they're what they call a flagship, right? They're not like the official partner, but like within the Phillies radio network, they're considered a flagship station. So it's like they get um, Rob Thompson every, every Monday or whatever, you know? Um, right. You know, it's funny. Cause we were talking about, I want to send this to Craig too, to see if he can, he can pull it up. Um, the Xfinity live thing. So, so James knows what we're talking about here. So Carl Banks is doing his like trip down here to yeah. Philly. And there's a, there's a place across from uh, Lincoln financial field where it's like an indoor or whatever, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. So, you know, it's the, the VIP travel package for big blue travel includes like uh, an indoor tailgate at um, Xfinity live. Craig, you can go to that next picture there. Yeah. This one here. So okay. first of all, it's $995 per person, yeah. which is crazy, but you get to, you go to, so they're going to stay at the Marriott. Then you go to old from old city to Xfinity live. And there's a pregame indoor tailgate party extravaganza uh, includes a four-hour premium open bar and tailgate menu. So, like, diverging thoughts here. First of all, putting, like, a organized Giants group in with a bunch of Eagles fans at Xfinity Live is, like, a disaster waiting to happen. Hopefully they have extra security on hand. But the other thing is, like, people saying, like, well, why would Xfinity, like, do this? Um, well, number one, like, uh, their their money is just as green as anybody else's. Yeah, I was say. Yeah, but I also discovered, too, that Xfinity Live isn't completely owned by Comcast. So I didn't even know they were owned by Comcast at all. I thought they just had the title sponsor. Where who who owns them? Well, so it was built by the Cordish companies, which okay. is like they they build like all of these like um, you know, fancy fan uh, places outside of arenas. Like I think they, I want to say they did that like district in uh, in Baltimore, like like where power Rams, plant, power plant Rams had all that shit. I think is down yeah. there, right? So like the Cordish companies are a part owner actually of. Uh, this is what I found. Xfinity Live is a joint partnership between the Philadelphia-based Comcast Spectacor and Baltimore-based the Cordish companies. So they don't give a shit about. It. There's no. There's no like. Oh, why is a Philly company taking money from Giants fans or something like that? So I don't. I don't think there's a violation. You know, they would probably take, you know, Cowboy fan money. They would probably take Putin's money. They would take anybody's money if it's a, if it's all the same color. You know? So. So, Crash, to expand on it, there's like four different bars in yeah. Xfinity Live. There's like a, a PBR bar. There's an 1100 Social. There's a, a Victory Beer Garden. And there's another one I forget off the top of my head. So there's this Eagles fan group who's doing it on one side of the uh, of Xfinity Live. And then obviously they have the Giants fan group on the other side of the Xfinity Live. I feel like, and, and this is the Green Legion. These guys are kind of like not rough around the edges, but I would say if like there was a brawl, I would probably pick. We have so many Eagles um ticket packaging, travel extravaganza kind of uh, kind of things here in Philadelphia that we have like three or four. If I had to pick one, this would be the one. I, I, I've, I've hung out with these guys before. They got some interesting characters that come in. So what are they going to do? Just be eyeballing each other from across the room the, for the next four hours? It really <laughs> sounds like the worst idea in the history of Nick. I like I, If I were a giant sandwich, I'm, I'm not. But like if I wanted to go to the game, I, I wouldn't want to do that. Like I would literally want to get on a bus – at the Meadowlands, central location, drive me right into the stadium. We all go in together. We watch the game. The minute the game ends, we get out. We get on that bus. We leave. Yeah, like, I would not want to like, like when. Yeah, Trump there's nothing not, worse than staying overnight at the Marriott. Like, I don't know if they stay overnight at the Marriott, but yeah, I would not want to stay overnight at the Marriott. 100. percent Get me down 95 and get me the fuck back to, me, back yeah, to my like, house. I covered Army Navy game in Philly when Trump was there. Like this, the convoy. Like, let's that go in. Wild. Let's get out. Yeah, one hundred percent, and 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 it's it's going to be, it's going to be insane down there. I, I think people have this anxiety. I think they have this fever pitch. Uh, there's like this this hack where um, our our Philadelphia lacrosse team. So so the wow. um, so the lots don't open till one, okay. but our Philadelphia Wings lacrosse team was supposed to play at seven. They obviously bumped their game up to one. So those lots, if you buy a ticket and you pay for parking, which is the same amount as you'll pay for parking for the Eagles, you can get in the lots at eight in the morning now and just stay there the whole day instead of getting at the lots at one so they can curb the drinking, they can curb the blackout. So if you buy a ticket to the wings and you pay for parking, you can get at the lots at, at eight in the morning and just tailgate for the next 12 hours. Mm. That makes like no, like 
It's awesome. You should be able to. You should. It's for a, a NLL box lacrosse game against who are they playing? You know what? You put me on the spot. I, don't I know, know it was a big rivalry. They're right playing the Toronto Rock. I think is the Toronto name. Rock. Yeah. Uh, you know, the lot should probably open at like eleven forty-two. Nope. <laughs> for, uh, no, no, twelve forty-two. What do you mean? You don't think that you don't think the wings are drawn? I'm sure the wings are drawing, but I'm just saying, you know, expedite. You know, it's kind of we got a couple of MVPs on that team. The leading goal scorer, fifteen. You know, get people into the building. Yeah, and, and oh, here you God. go. Here's another one, Philly fan. Wings have five dollar beers too. Might as well. Might as well just go in and 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 uh, and get a couple beers in, watch some good lacrosse, and, and get the hell out of here. But uh, yeah. let's let's uh, let's talk yeah, let about me, the a little bit. Let me pull let me pull this one up real quick. I'm sorry, okay. Craig. Do you have that other one to pull up? Just while we have Cratch here, he can comment on this. Uh, oh yeah. This is not this is not a. Uh, we'll get we'll we'll get it back to the Giants as they say. Um, but uh, what's going on with Geo? What's going on with Geo here ranting about? Um, Flyers fans, can you play that, Craig? Can you play that uh, media out of um, out of there and pull that up? It was the scariest. It was it was this song. It was do 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 do. And by that, it was by that German. It might have been, and then, but everybody was like, there was like blood coming out of their mouths. It was just like it was do 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 do, and they were just absolutely frothing, like they were all rabid. I was like, where am I? Like, I honestly thought that someone was going to get murdered on the ice. Like, I really, I was like, I have to get out of here. Like, He's this talking is about a flyer. Because yeah. they all had this look in their eye. Like, they weren't enjoying hockey or enjoying a game. Like, they were, they were about to, they were about to do some, do some harm. They're all standing there like, they're like in unison. They're like punching each other. To Gio's credit, it's a very intimidating song. Oh, 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 you're like biting the heads off of babies and stuff. Lighting their friends on fire. I think that's good. It's just a fair characterization. Is this a fair characterization of Philadelphia Flyers fans? You know, I. I can't say I've actually never been to a Flyers game. Um, haven't been to an NH. No, I, I shouldn't say that. I've been to a couple of Devils games. Uh, I have been to two Philadelphia Phantoms games, though, back before they moved to Lehigh Valley, including yeah. one at the Spectrum. I remember, like, the opening faceoff ago, it was just the, they beeline to the Rochester Americans goalie and just 10 on 10 brawl within like 10 seconds, you know. Dude, Philadelphia Phantoms games were the best for second graders. Second grade was the kicks, the wings, and the Philadelphia Phantoms is what every second grader. Yeah, the soul might be coming back. Arena yeah, football. I saw that. I saw that. I think all you have to do is just email if you want a team. Yeah, right? it's, it's, I went to their website. It's, it was a, a guy I know was the Atlantic City Blackjacks play-by-play guy. So he tweeted like, hey, like, looks like there's some activity here. Um, so I went to their website. It's like, yeah, just email us. You want to own a team? I'm like, okay. I like how Boomer um, <clears throat> thinks it's by that German band. What German yeah. band do you think he's talking about? Like Rammstein? Is that the only German? It's got to be ABBA, right? I think they were Swedish, actually. Oh. Yeah, they were Swedish. Yeah, they were Swedish. They yeah. sound German, but they were Swedish. Yeah, yeah. unless he's like a, like Boomer could be a low key German industrial heavy metal fan. You never know, really. But, he, yeah. but here's the thing: is Geo's a Vikings fan, so yeah. I'm guessing he's from Minnesota, where hockey is like beloved up there. Now, Gio's, he's from Long Island. But he's a Vikings fan. Uh, he's a Vikings fan who grew up on Long Island, yes. And he probably grew up in, like, the 80s when the Giants were very good. So this <laughs> makes absolutely zero sense. So now, actually, I actually thought it was a really funny bit by him where I think a lot of times, like, sports radio bits can be over-exaggerated and taken too far. That one actually made me laugh. It is a very intimidating song. And then when you do hear it in your head, because it's also the uh, the Philadelphia Union, our soccer team, it's their yeah. goal song as well. So just for, like, the clarification, they had the country of origin, correct? Yeah, the, the guy who used to coach, there was a Polish guy who used to coach the Philadelphia Union. He stole it from a team in Germany, and then the Flyers borrowed it briefly, and they made it their, their goal song. But, yeah, it came from Borussia Mönchengladbach. In, but uh, couldn't you see, like, flares going over the, the, the field? As a Borussia <laughs> Glashenspiel, whatever the fuck you just said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, forward scores a goal, yeah. and everyone's going nuts. They're throwing rocks. They're 
they're it's fighting with the other cigarettes, like heating up yeah. pennies, throwing it you know. Yeah, heating up pennies 100%. Yeah. Like that is. I thought I thought Geo described it perfectly. Now I thought it was a little soft that he was hearing dupe and got you know scared of of, of Flyers fans and whatnot. Yeah. And they are a rabid bunch. They are a scary yeah. bunch. Mm-hmm. But I gotta admit, like I, I thought it was a hilarious representation of the Flyers and the dupe song. I love the dupe song. It fires me up. Mm-hmm. Geo's on a heater recently. You know the, the Vikings rant last week. Mm-hmm. This little war with Michael K. And then I don't know if you guys have followed this, but like the, the, this running bit now on the morning show where this retired jockey who lives in Maryland <laughs> called the show like last week and said that he was at basically, I don't know where it was, but i like Boomer Science when he was playing for the Bengals, like raced, set, raced a dunk, it was in a donkey race where he like sat on a donkey and okay. raced other Bengals. And long story long, this guy, Eddie, the jockey is like, <laughs> he has like no teeth. So they're trying to help him like get it. Go fund me to get his teeth fixed. But he's like a savant college basketball better. Like wow. he goes on this show and is like, okay, my bet for today is Miami, Ohio plus five and a half. And they, they win. Like he's on a hot. It's so it's become this big thing. Like literally the entire show is about the Eddie, the retired jockey betting hoops. in there. Like that's just classic good radio. Like the, the guy that takes me back to like the early nineties, early two thousands, where it was like, yeah, you wanted the guy with no teeth. Who's a former jockey who is somehow just on this heater for college basketball. Like think of all, I wasn't a huge Stern guy, but think of all the Stern characters. Think of all the John DeBella characters back in the day. Think of the Preston and Steve characters back in the day. Like, Sounds that, like you're describing good, Beetlejuice or something. Yeah. Right? That is yeah. just good radio, like yeah. good radio where it's like, you want the, it, it, I want my W fan to be the jockey with no teeth who's just on this insane college basketball <laughs> heater, and he's got Fordham plus four tonight, and I'm riding it. Yeah. I think it's crazy, too, how they just uh, – we don't have to get into a big tangent here, but, like, I think it's they, – they dominate in New York the way that WIP does, you know? Mm-hmm. It's not by as big – the margins aren't as big as, as WIP. I mean, WIP and Boston, like, are just, like, rabid for sports talk radio, but even then, WFAN is still number one. Did they – um? Cratch, like, what's the the gist of I don't know, dude? Do, do like be it be it on WFAN or whatever else? Do people do Giants fans feel feel like there's a that they got a shot to win this game, or are they just saying like you know it's a it's a house money thing? We'll see what happens. I think so. I think they got they feel like they got a chance to win. You know, I, I think what has kind of pumped more energy into this whole thing is that the past few weeks that they've kind of let taken the the reins off of Daniel Jones. They've kind of let him, you know, it hasn't been so much dink or dunk. You know, he's been making plays with his legs. And yeah. I think that last week's game against the Vikings was really telling was one, like it's going to be a big, I'm sure we'll talk about football. Like Evan Neal, you know, rookie right tackle held up pretty well against the Vikings. Now he's going to have to hold up against a tremendous Eagles pass rush. The other thing I'm intrigued to see is Saquon, I think had like 14 touches against the Vikings. Um, as Daniel Jones continues to succeed and thrive and win, his price goes up and up and up. The Giants are point out where I think Daniel Jones is going to end up making like $40, $45 million a year just because you can't, you have no better option. You have to keep him, and the I, market's going to dictate what it is. We, we, we got to talk about this. The whole you guys falling in love with Daniel Jones in one calendar year, like I think as, a, as an Eagles fan, I would welcome that. Give the man 45. Give the man 47. I thought you guys were franchise tagging him, and I was assuming that Saquon was probably walking. You're probably going to let Saquon walk. Is that is that correct up there? I People, I don't think, there's still people that have this hope that Daniel Jones is going to like sign this team-friendly, you know, manageable t- deal. That you know they can get out of in two years, and they can use the franchise tag on Saquon. I don't see it happening just because NFL free agency is when B plus players get paid A plus money every year. Mm-hmm. It's how the market dictates. And you look at the comps and everything. All right, Daniel Jones sits down at the end of the year. He had the best season of his career. They went to the playoffs. They won a game. He you know he didn't turn the ball over. Blah blah. blah. Why shouldn't him and his agent are going to sit down and say, well, we want more money than Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray can't even study the playbook, and this is what he got. So, Cratch, we're talking about 22 touchdowns. We're talking about 3,200 yards. I, I'm not disagreeing with you. What I'm just saying is the NFL market doesn't – it's like NIL. Like It's not tethered to reality. It's just basically like this is what it is. And if the Giants say, 
okay, we're not paying you that. Go see. Like he's gonna get that type of offer on the open market. Can he be tagged? He can be tagged, but that's thirty-two. Honestly, I could see him being tagged and like literally driving over from his Hoboken penthouse to the the Meadowlands. Like, all right, where's Joe Shane? Like, where's the thing? Because like, once you sign it, that's it. Like, you're locked in. He's in Hoboken. I believe so. Yes. Can't have a franchise quarterback in Hoboken. I don't (laughs) care if they play in East Rutherford. Can't have a franchise quarterback in Hoboken. Can't have. Can't. Can't. Can't have him on the other side of the tunnel. I, I, you know what? I don't. The last giant. I take it back. I think Brandon Marshall lived in Brooklyn for his like one season. Listen, don't get me wrong. All the Eagles live in Morristown. They live in Cherry Hill. They live in you know. Yeah, no, that area. Don't get me wrong. Taxes are better. But I'm just saying, Brandon Marshall. I believe the last giant to live, like giant of note, who lived in the city was Tiki Barber. They all live in Jersey. Mm. Let's do an exercise here. You want to join us for an exercise, James? Sure. Let's go down. Let's compare each of the units between the Giants and the Eagles, and we'll pick who has the advantage, okay? All right. Quarterback, Jalen Hurts versus Daniel Jones. Eagles. Running back, Miles Sanders or Saquon Barkley? Uh, Giants. Yeah, Saquon. Right, Pagan? We pick Saquon over Miles. It's close. It's a draw. Not a very good year, but I would agree. I would, I would trust Scott Saquon. might put him over the top. Um, <laughs> units. Yeah, but uh, – want to compare units? Not giant a, not killer. A, not a, not a giant killer. Yeah. Um, receivers: AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, Isaiah Hodgins, Darius Slayton. I think we all know. Massive Mitch, mismatch. Uh, tight end: Dallas Goddard, Daniel Bellinger. Goddard. Yeah. The offensive line: the Giants line isn't bad. I mean, you got Thomas, you got Neal. They're young. It's not bad, but yeah. it's been it's been better than I think I expected. But I still think as long as Lance uh, Lane Johnson can stand upright and perform, I think Eagles definitely. My Alada Dickerson, Kelsey Say, Amalo Johnson. Yeah. Um, all right. On the defensive side, the defensive line. Uh, Eagles. Giants got some pieces. I mean, Dexter Lawrence is a pro bowler. Kayvon Thibodeau is going to be a player. Leonard Williams, but Eagles. Uh, linebackers. Eagles. Eagles. Secondary. Eh, I, the Giants are pretty good in the secondary. They're not bad. They're healthy. Not bad. Dory Jackson did a good job last week. Yeah, who's um, the other one? Xavier McKinney? <laughs> Xavier McKinney. Julian Love. Yeah. Cordell Plott made some plays. The, the Giants have been better in the secondary, but I still think the Eagles. Still, yeah, we got three pole rollers in the secondary. So I have a story going up tomorrow if I ever get around to finishing it. But I was trying to think of you. Remember when we had you on the first time, James? We were trying to we were talking about the idea of like, you know, some some Eagles fans dislike the Giants mm-hmm. more just because they watched the Giants win a couple Super Bowls. But I, I was trying to like come up with a list of like the most like hated giants or the most annoying giants or whatever, like the last 15 years. And like, I was struggling to get to 15 people of the last 25 years. I'm sorry. And I was struggling to get to 15, but this is what I came up with. Uh, the most annoying giants of the least of the last 25 years, Jeremy Shockey, Michael Strahan, Victor Cruz, Tiki Barber, Amani Toomer, Eli Manning, OBJ, Plaxico Burris, Jason Seahorn, Ron Dane, Justin Tuck, Brandon Jacobs, O.C. Uminura, Jason Pierre-Paul, and then we threw uh, Thibodeau on there for doing the Snow Angels next to a injured Nick Foles. But I don't know, Pagan, is that like – like? do you like really hate any – I hated Shockey. I hated Jeremy Shockey, but those other guys are just – Victor Cruz is a pain in the ass for a little bit because it seemed like the Eagles couldn't cover him. Tiki Barber seemed like always had good games against the Eagles, but I didn't, I, I didn't hate Eli Manning. It was more annoying that like a doofus like him won a couple Super Bowls, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I just like. Do, do you like really dislike any of those dudes? Like I this, hate. This I hated. Uh, I hated Eli. I hated Tiki. I hated Amani Tumor. I hated Amani Tumor. Amani Tumor was a pain in the ass, man. He'd always oh, run well. some like some bullshit slant, and it would go for like ten yards. Yeah, you know? hated Amani Tumor. Yeah, hated him. Yeah, it's a pain in the Michael ass. Michael Strahan. <laughs> I I don't know. I didn't really hate Michael Strahan. I'm a, growing up as a Giants fan. Um, I wouldn't say hate. Um, Donovan McNabb, just like I always thought, like there should be like a special wing of the Hall of Fame for like guys who are not Hall of Famers, but like they we have a high presence in, in your mind because yeah. Tony Romo and Donovan McNabb were they were good, you know. They're they, pretty good. They really hurt the Giants a lot. I don't know. Like there was a time I remember um the Giants won a Super Bowl first Super Bowl my senior year in high school. So like when I was like middle school, you know, into you know high school, but I guess. Uh, yeah, the year before, I guess the Giants won the Super Bowl is the playoff loss to the, the Jeff Garcia loss. Um, 
it was just you never were going to beat you beat the Eagles once in a while, but like it was always so tough to beat that team and beat McNabb. Well, yeah, you're like, well, it's been recently that too. What you four for four for sixteen, four and sixteen the last twenty guys yeah. haven't won here in nine years. Yeah. Um, one more thing I got. What do you think about the mayor, mayor, uh, mayor Adams offering a vegan cheesecake? Vegan. I love a good mayor's bet. Love him. Love to follow him. But uh, I know Mayor Adams is a ve- is a vegan, but don't don't push your your food ideologies on me. Uh, so here it was. I'm going to reach out to the mayor of Philadelphia and I'm going to give him a vegan cheesecake. Adam said Tuesday. Sources say no bet has been officially made yet with Philadelphia's mayor. Now, if, now if uh, if Jim Kenny wants to give Mayor Adams a vegan cheesesteak, I'm all for it. Don't get me wrong. I've had a vegan cheesesteak. Shout out to monks. It was wonderful. Um, but don't push your food ideologies on me. You know, I just, I, I, I'm not a big fan of these mayor. Like, put something actually on the line, you know? What are you, what are you pushing they put on the line? I don't know. Like, uh, here's here's actually a really good bet. Winner, loser, throws their support behind the winner to host a World Cup final. Okay. That's, that would put some skin in the game, you know? I like yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I like this one right here. Kenny will put his job up because he doesn't want to be the mayor of Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah, anyways, and trying to trying to quit Eric, for, for Eric Adams loves being the mayor. Of New York he City. loves the notoriety. He goes to zero bond every night. And, you know, he, he's all over the place. Like he, he is like, I've always said like, um, Bill de Blasio was like a cartoon character, right? Years. Mm-hmm. And like, I still love to this day that like, you know, Bill de Blasio, like, go get his hair dyed and like, go get a bagel. Like the New York post will take a photo of it and like put it in the, it's just the yeah, best. Like, just a little fluff piece. Yeah. No, not even a fluff piece. It's just like, literally it's just like, let's find this man and make fun of him still. Oh really? He's the punching bag. Oh my God. At least your problem. mayor was present. We can't even find our mayor. I haven't seen our mayor. In- punching bag in a history of punching bags. Um, so many funny things that that guy did. Um, and Eric Adams, but it's weird. It's like, Eric Adams is like, he's, I think, uh, look, I grew up, I, it doesn't really impact my life. Like I live in Northern New Jersey, you know, um, just a couple, but it would be nice to not like feel the need to drive to the city every time because Penn station is like a war zone. Mm. Um, that would be nice. I'd like to see him clean it up, but yeah. uh, Eric Adams, that's trying too hard. Vegan cheese steak. Like, like you're not like, you're not going to eat. Like if, if the giants lose, you're not going to eat the cheesesteak. So just send the guy a regular cheesesteak. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. Or send him a pizza or send him uh send him a chopped cheese. The yeah, we don't need you to force, if, if force the win, vegan. The, we don't need you to force your veganism on us. Yeah. I know? mean, vegan people are like CrossFit people. I mean, they just want to talk about how vegan they are all the, the time. Vegan agen- it's the vegan agenda. They're trying oh, to make us yeah. all vegetarian. It's like, it's like banning paper bags in New Jersey. It's just like, <sighs> they say it's helping the environment, but no, it's just making yeah. shop rates profit margin increasing. It's like, yeah. oh, would never fly here. It is the worst. Fly. James, so obviously, okay, have you got anything else before I wrap it up? No, nah, man. How you feeling for this week? What do you, what, give me, give me a good prediction. Give me a James Cratch prediction because you're a big J and you, you know, you take this stuff seriously. So I know it will be right on the, uh, on the nail. I'm going to say the line's still seven and a half, right? Mm-hmm. That's a, the, that hook entices me. I'm going to say 27-20 Eagles. Because I think at the end of the day, I don't see the Giants scoring more than 20 points against this Eagles team. They get a garbage touchdown? Is it like third, Is it like two scores you most know, I, of the game? I, I could see it being like that. Like uh, 2000 divisional game. Here I go with the pass. Like mm. That was like 20-3, to three, I think, in the fourth quarter. And then the Eagles kind of tacked on a late score and made it a little yeah. better. Like, I could see it being that sort of situation where – it's uh, the day the college football, like those games Alabama used to play where like they would win like 28 to like 19 and you're the other team like Georgia or South Carolina were like, they always would be in the game. Like they always were within a score, but you never actually thought they could win. Yeah. I think it'll be yeah. that sort of game. Score yeah. will be close, <laughs> but there won't be many moments where you sit there and think, wow, the giants can win this game. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so you like the hook. All right, I think that's a, that's an okay prediction. I would like to see at least a 10-point victory. I, I'd feel comfortable with that. I would be like 31. I would say tw- – I'll say 27-20. That's what I'm going to pick. But, like, I could also see 31-20 being that 
Yeah, I, I could definitely see us on Monday being like, I can't believe we were ever we ever let being worried about the Giants creep into our minds. And then someone actually, I think uh, one of our commenters had a really funny question where it was like, should Daniel Jones just sit because his stock is so high right now that they should just play Davis Webb since they struggled against him in week 18? <laughs> Chestnut checker. The old Lamar. The old Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> uh, James, well, thanks, man, for coming on. We really appreciate it. Uh Kev, can you tell people where they could find him since I screwed it up in the beginning? Yeah, it's Elite Sports New York, ESNY, EliteSportsNY.com. We will share the link for you. I'll make sure you have the right uh, hyperlink for or the right uh, URL for our sister site the next time we do this. We'll be more we'll be more prepared. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, James. Thanks so much, man. Here we go. Thank you. Uh, Talk to you. My favorite, um, my favorite de Blasio reference, by the way, is when they did the New York Knicks uh, season opener video where the guy where they're going crazy and the guy's like we had cuomo we had de blasio it was rough shit but now we got the knicks yeah. <laughs> i'm pretty sure de blasio might be the one who dropped the groundhog on groundhog's day and it died oh uh, did he really yeah and i think he eats oh, pizza with a fork i always get my de blasio and my cuomo stuff mixed up i think de blasio clashed with the jewish community during covid right didn't he go over there and tell them that they got to go inside and they were like Fuck you. I won't do what you tell me. <laughs> I think that was when it really came to a head. That was before uh, Cuomo and the, you know, the nursing homes or whatever, I think. Uh, yeah, pull that up, Craig. Let's see that. Let's see this video. This is one of my favorite videos of all time, by the way. The uh, the Knicks season opener from Side Talk. Season opener, too. 1-0, and and they ended up, I think, missing the playoffs. Yeah. Oh, we got to get that volume up in here. Hang on. Let me rewind that to the beginning if you can. Double fucking overtime! What the fuck, baby? New York is fucking back! The Knicks are here, baby! The Knicks are fucking here, baby! Fresh out the corner, baby! We're taking it all the way! We had De we had Cuomo, it was rough shit! But we have the Knicks! That's New York! Knicks run New York City! Bing bong! Alright, alright. That's uh, that's enough greasy New Yorker I could take for one day. No, but that is that is so funny that they who they I think they beat the Bucks or they beat somebody in in or maybe it was Atlanta Hawks I forget it was somebody who was like pretty good. They started one and zero. It went into overtime. I think I don't think they've ever been in overtime. I think they were up most of the game. And then if you would have told me that that was after the Eastern Conference Finals like twenty years from now, I'd be like definitely yeah that that was awesome. I mean, how did the Knicks do in the finals? It was like no, they were one and zero after that. It was yeah, like we, Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah, we have uh we had Cuomo, we had De Blasio. <laughs> that's, that's like, it's funny too, yeah, I think like that series, they're, they're like recurring characters on there, like the same people show up in those videos. So. Yeah, I actually was a huge, I'm a huge side talk guy. I've been following them for a while because my yeah. buddy lived out in New York and stuff, and he used to send yeah. me them all the time. I was like, who are these guys? Kind of a little yeah. bit of inspiration for the for the man on the street stuff and everything. New York, Philadelphia, Boston. Probably the only ones that you could do like those kind of like man on the street videos. Um, do we want to talk about you? Want, do we want to talk about Provy? Do we get it out of the way? We'll talk about Provy. Well, I want to talk about Provy, but I want to people talk about Drake the Pup Star. People, everyone has seen Ivan Provorov, no matter what you think, whether it's you know Russian Orthodox religion, matter if you care, you don't care, blah, blah, blah. I want to talk about Drake the Pup Star. People are mad at Ivan Provorov, they're so mad. That he didn't wear a Flyers Pride Night jersey, that they found his dog's Instagram, which has 138,000 followers on Instagram, 1.1 million followers on TikTok, Kev. And they just bombarded the absolute shit out of his. I mean, the dog's DMs, but let's be honest, the girlfriend of Ivan Provorov runs the account. Yeah. They bombarded with so many. DMs that Provy's girlfriend had to issue a statement about it on her story saying basically just saying this is a dog's page and Drake's account is to make people laugh and smile. I created this page to share Drake with everyone because he brings so much joy into my life and I knew he could do the same to so many others. Please stop sending me hateful messages for something that has nothing to do with me and Drake. Drake and I support everyone. Kind of threw her husband or boyfriend under the bus a little bit here. I have put so much into creating this community over the last year and a half, and you all mean the world to me. We love supporting all of you just like you have supported Drake and I. Kevin, what do you think about people getting so worked up into a frenzy that they have to not only 
go after the girlfriend and the boyfriend and the guy who doesn't wear a pride night, but also the dog who is a star on Instagram and TikTok. Beautiful dog, by the way. Yeah, the Golden Retriever account is catching strays here, too. Do you think the dog is a homophobe? So that's what I, I, I need to know what what Drake's thoughts are on Pride Night. Like, remember, yeah. nobody's born racist or homophobic. It is a right. learned trait, as we have learned over through right. the years, or what have we right. been told by, by CNN. Yeah. Um, so I would like to know. I would like Drake to issue a statement and get his thoughts on uh, on Pride Night. No, I think Drake, the, the pup, is probably a good boy. Who's a good boy? He's probably a good boy. <laughs> Do you ever, did you ever see Air Bud? Where uh, they put at the end of Air Bud, they put him in the middle and it was like a whole court case and everything. They're like, whoever, like I think it was the clown guy sat on one side and the family who loved Air Bud sat on the other side. They put yeah. Air Bud right in the middle and he had to pick and wherever he went, that won the case. We should put a Pride Night Proverb jersey on one side. We yeah. should put a Flyers regular Tuesday night game against the Devils jersey on the other side. Put Drake right in the middle and whatever one he he picked. Yeah. We'll know yeah. if he's a, a homophobe or not. He should have to answer to that. It's a good point here. I've ne- from Philly fan. I've never seen Drake wear a rainbow collar. It makes you think, right? You know, what color is his thunder shirt? Right when he gets scared when it's raining really hard, do they put him in a in a in a rainbow thunder shirt? I think this this is. Uh, I think he's going to have to answer for the actions of his owner. You know, because he's 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 by proxy he's culpable too. You know. Well, this dog has endorsements, Kev. He, it does. It has. It, it, oh. it, it, I went on his TikTok, and it promotes Scrub Daddy, and I think it, it promotes other stuff. Mm-hmm. But I saw the main one was Scrub Daddy. So you think like, do you think Scrub Daddy had to like call a meeting on like Wednesday and be like, yeah. listen, one of our biggest clients, like, he might be a bigot. Like, you yeah. remember when remember when yeah. Kellogg's dropped Michael Phelps for smoking that bong? Yeah. But then yeah. like you're looking back in hindsight and you're like. Well, I get high, and and a lot of people who get high eat frosted flakes. So, like, I don't understand like why yeah. it doesn't make any sense for for dropping uh, dropping Michael Phelps. Like, do you think somebody was like got up during the meeting and was like, listen, like Drake the pop star, he might be homophobic, but like, look at this chart right here. You see that large orange part? <laughs> That's conservative suburban housewives right there. Yeah. That's the demo. Yeah. They love Scrub Daddy and they hate right. gays. This could be good for us. This could be really good for us. So maybe. Maybe this is good for them in the end. Scrub Daddy may have to come out with a statement saying, um, you know, we we support the LGBTQ community. Uh, you know, Drake, the pop star, can speak for his own actions or the actions of his owner. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that is the scrub. Yeah. yeah, but listen, also, a lot of a lot of Fox News moms love Scrub Daddy, too. So our hands are kind of tied right now. That's true. I remember this reminds me of uh, there was this story where an LA Galaxy player, um, his wife went on like TikTok or Instagram or something. And she posted a bunch of like inflammatory racist shit during uh, during BLM, right? Yeah. And the it, it was it was the wife of the player, right? And and people got so mad, and it turned into such a thing that the player got released. What? Yeah, the player lost his job. They they um, well, he didn't. They mutually agreed to terminate his contract or something like that because they found that the situation was like untenable or something. Because all these people were saying, well, if his wife is racist, then he, um, by being married to her, that means Roxy? that she, 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 <laughs> he accepts. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't. You, yeah, you follow my line of thinking. Like, yeah. He's complicit, right? Because his wife is racist, even though he didn't post anything about it. I mean, can you imagine if Provi's actions? cause scrub daddy to pull out of his dog's sponsorship deal i mean like <laughs> what if the dog came out and uh and released a statement it's like i always knew he hated gay people but you gotta believe me my hands were tied i literally didn't want to bite the hand that fed me yeah also i literally cannot talk because i'm a dog you know i'm at the mercy of provy and his uh his girlfriend here i think the funniest thing though by the way i think i think you put this in slack because i think somebody said that um she for the the girlfriend forgot to log out of the dog's instagram account when she was like clapping back at people i'd love to see those dms like do you think she was like fuck you leave me alone but instead of seeing her you see a picture of a golden retriever on the you think she's you, you think she stayed on brand like bark fuck your fuck off bark and leave then, me the yeah. fuck alone wolf wolf yeah. <laughs> that's just crazy this, this is what it comes down to like people sliding into the dms of a dog <laughs> to rip uh, the dog's owner's 
boyfriend. I mean, people got to get a fucking life at the end of the day. I mean, it's a little bit much. Yeah, it's a little bit much. Yeah, I mean, you can rip pro you all you want. You oh, know, fuck yeah, do whatever you got to do. You know, but um, like let's keep let's keep it on on task here. You know, let's it's keep like, the dog out of it. Uh, yeah, leave the golden retriever. He's just a he's a he's a good boy. Who's yeah. a good boy? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, who's got a homophobic owner? Oh. <laughs> yeah, you know, oh, I think David's right. This is the world that we live in. You know? <laughs> All or nothing. Yeah. Holy shit! Oh man, they All may right. have to put him up. They may have to put Drake up for adoption. You know, I mean, it's like uh, I don't know if he's, I don't know if Ivan Provorov and his girlfriend are in a condition to well, take care of a, take care no, of a dog right now. No same sex families are allowed to have him. It's, well, you know, the gay agenda, right? It's coming for all of us, right? Like, well, where do you wait? You live at Thirteenth and and Chestnut. Yeah, sorry, we're not going to be able to. Uh, to yeah, to sorry, you can't adopt. Yeah, yeah, discrimination. I, the whole thing is just so. I don't. It's just funny too because Torts like uh, you know, Torts doesn't do himself any favor. I think like the large without getting into like all the the everything with it, it's like. Go listen to Snow the Goal if you want to get into everything. In a, in yeah, a they got, the, the organization and like like they all got to get on the same page with because yeah. it's like you, you know, you're sending like a million different like mixed messages. You know, like Scott Lawton saying one thing, you know, Provi's saying another thing. Tortor, Tortorella is like sixty, what seventy years old or whatever. He doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. So you know, they just got to get it. Like, got to circle back here and say, all right, let's um, let's agree on our messaging here. You know. This is a good question that Philly fan br- brings up. Is Drake neutered? So if he's neutered, is he trans? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, yeah. I'm not touching uh, that with, with the 24. Uh, yeah. I love this. But this I, is the reality. This is a reality, Pagan. Like you, you the, the, we got a dog taking collateral on Instagram. <laughs> you know, so. Just taking shots on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, uh, Provy should have to do a puck signing at Woody's. That's I think I mean. that's the only way that this ends, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You should he have should to have- do a guest appearance. So he should, he should have his own float at pride in, mm-hmm. uh, in June, you know, yeah. Yeah. when they Extend- go down uh market street or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Come to the table, extend your hand across the table. Yeah. Um, I got nothing else on this, but I think that was probably the most important conversation that people have had on the matter. Yeah. Well, next time we'll get like a Russian Orthodox expert on here and we'll dive into the, uh, the canon uh, C A N O N, and uh, we'll learn all about the uh, the church. Yeah, yeah. On the next crossing broadcast, let's get it back to the Sixers. Did yeah. you see this? Hakeem Olajuwon taking shots at Joel Embiid, hmm. his hero. Yeah, I don't. I don't like it. I'm not all. I'm not about this at all. So anyone that didn't see this, Olajuwon on Embiid, he's got all the moves, but leveraging the moves is different. Why would he be shooting threes? And then later. He just praises his, I'm going to say his, not mortal enemy. I would probably say his biggest rival in the NBA, Kim Olajuwon on Jokic. His shot, his fakes, they are very difficult to time. You don't know when he's faking and when it's real. He has tricks. He's the one. So to provide a little context in this, this was a, this was a uh, an article by Sports Illustrated, basically talking about the death of the post player, the death of post play. So who do you go to when you want to talk about the death of post play? You go to all the way down to some remote area outside of Houston. You go to Hakeem Olajuwon to really, uh, to really go over it. Um, I, I just, I, it's just diabolical to, to that, you know, Joel Embiid got a tape from his coach and used to watch it. He said like six out of the seven days of the week, he used to watch just Hakeem Olajuwon moves all the time. And then this guy, his hero, just comes out and be like, "Yeah, well, you know, your most your your fiercest rival is actually way better than you." But like, I don't really believe this because doesn't Joel Embiid do everything technically? Like, yeah, I mean, he's become like a multi level scorer over over the years. You know, I mean, he's extended his game um, like to the second level and the third level. I mean, he hits that, that face up like 10 to 12 footer, like, nope, nobody else does. Um, yeah. And, and, uh, Embiid shoots like 3.2 threes a game and it shoots like 2.3 or something. You know, it's not, it's like the difference really is, is negligible, you know? So <clears throat> if you look at like, uh, you know, how frequently Joel gets to the line and the work that he does when he, when he is down there, I mean, he's, he's, 
I mean, is anybody really doing more in and around the paint than than he is this year? So he's I getting the line twelve times a game. Like, yeah, I mean, those are like historic rates too. I know, I know they call fouls differently now than they did back then. But you know, we, we were saying this, I think, on a show a couple months ago. But you know, you go through the years, like the the rate that like Giannis and Joel Embiid and all those guys are getting to the line now. I mean, like Shaq was really the only person who ever did that over the years, like average double digit free throw attempts per game for yeah. Except he shot like forty percent from the line. Like that's the that's the thing about it. Like here, here's what I don't get. I mean, the guy's got the most forty point games in the NBA this year. He's averaging thirty three a game. I don't think he averages thirty three a game in the post. And and if you want to criticize him on his threes, he's shooting it at thirty five percent. So that's like almost top yeah. it's right outside the top one hundred in the NBA. And then you look at him and he in his second leading score and his third leading score, they go out for a month and they're sitting at the third seed right now and they're and they're playing well. I don't know if people are bought in. I don't blame them if they're not bought in. The Eagles are obviously in the playoffs. I don't think people will really buy in until the uh until the Eagles are out. But sit down and watch a game next game. It's a boring brand of basketball, but it's a different team this year. Like it's it, it, a lot of fun guys. Like not even just your your Hardens and your and your Embiid's. Like Maxie's obviously fun. D'Anthony Melton's fun. PJ Tucker, not so fun. But uh, but Shake Milton's been playing well. Like where he usually have like a drop in production and everything. Um, when when his uh, when his role was diminished, he's just a great bench scorer. Maxie's coming off the bench now. And he doesn't love it, but he's 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 uh, he's being a team player about. It. He had a great quote about it. I just. I really just don't understand. Like it, it continues to feel like this Embiid stuff, and maybe when he wins and makes it past the second round, it'll diminish. But like this Embiid stuff, they continue just to push the goalposts back, and the criticisms are always there and everything. And I just, I, I don't understand it, especially because he murdered Jokic in terms of post points last year. I think he, he had 112 more points in the past than Jokic last year, and then since the 2019 season, Embiid's been the leader in in, in post points over Jokic. I, I just don't understand how. I mean, maybe Hakeem seemed like he didn't love he didn't love Joel's post moves. Like he thinks his post moves aren't any good. Well, what, he is, not, what is he looking like? Like what is he looking for? Is he looking for like a like a a clinical drop step yes. in the panel low block? Like what the fuck are these people? Like, it's it seems it sounds like Elijah is doing a WIP call here. You know, like, he's got he's got beats got to get his fat ass on the low block. I mean, yeah. he's he's like a generational talent. You, he doesn't need to be just dumped the ball on the low block. At one point, he was quoted, he was watching Giannis, and he said Giannis spun baseline. You know, he, he, yeah, he spun baseline on his right foot, dunked it, and I think he got the foul. Yeah. And he quote, and he was quoted being like, well, you know, people are going to start playing him on his right. He's got to learn how to go off his left foot, and it'll be more of a, uh, it'll, it'll be a better move. And I was just thinking to myself, but like, he just went right, and he dunked it and got the and one, like. He, he you know did who had job. amazing. You know who had amazing footwork in Kevin McHale. Block? Yeah, and Julia Okafor. You know, really. And that's like all he could do, right? I mean, it's it's like a, it's a it's anachronistic, right? These people are are trying to place in the modern day game stuff that was, you know, prevalent in their game. It's not like a low block. I'm going to give you post moves kind of league anymore. Yeah. So the fact that Embiid and Jokic are what they are in an NBA that is largely perimeter based is amazing. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, it's a it's about shooting. It's about of uh, ISO and and pick and roll, right? I mean that that's what a lot of the the game is now, especially in the in the playoffs where you're hunting matchups and you're looking to stress defenses and ex- exploit you know uh, lineups and and you know matchups and trying to put guys in, in in pick and rolls and whatever i mean that's largely was harden's game for forever was just give me a switch and i'll take this guy or we're going to put him in the blender and put him in the, in the pick and roll and we'll we'll you know take advantage of it right so i don't know what these guys are looking for we all see what the offense looks like when they just dump it to and beat over and over and over and over again it's like it's just not that yeah that's not the modern day NBA. I don't, they they want to get it back to the days of like dudes just bludgeoning each other, uh, you well, know, under the under the basket. And it's just it's just not it anymore. So people who people who watch that era of NBA, if anything, they should be able to appreciate what the bigs are doing now. Yeah, right. You would think you you nailed it on the head. You saw you see what Jaleel Okafor was great in the post. Where's Jaleel Okafor right now? He's out of league. Yeah, like Roy Hibbert. That's what I'm saying because he was he was amazing at that. Yeah. But he couldn't do anything else. Exactly. Roy Hibbert yeah. was awesome. Game yeah. changed out of the league. Uh, I just forgot one off the top of my head. Uh, but he, oh, Greg Monroe. Greg Monroe was good. Yeah. 
once the game advanced, he was out. Of, he's out of the league. This is I the just, equivalent. Really, what it is, Pagan, is like the this is like the basketball version of Seth Joyner talking about getting to the quarterback because it's like yeah. you did that in your day and it worked in your day and the forty six defense was its thing. But you're talking about a completely different NBA now. You, you know what I mean? It's just not. It's like like apples and oranges comparison. So for a guy like Hakeem, who Joel really looked up to. You know, I mean, that's got to be disappointing for him too. Cause I, and, you know, Barkley and Shaq were giving him the same thing too. Like, we expect this from you and we expect this from you. Guys averaging fucking 34 and 10 right now and getting yeah. to the free throw line more than 10 times. Like, what, like, what are you looking for from Joel and B at this point? What more can the guy do, do for you? Like, he's not going to do, he's not going to throw behind the back crazy passes like Jokic. Okay. Like, it's, it's, is that the bar? Like he has to be able to throw 10 assists now in addition to grabbing like 10 rebounds and scoring 34 points. That is that really it, where we're setting the it probably is. Yeah. Goalposts? He's got to throw more assists. Um, it probably is. And just and just to kind of nail and, and put this to bed, like you look at the guys who are like six, seven, six, eight right now. Like the guys who are going to Kentucky. Well, that's a bad example because Oscar Tshibwe is the player of the year and he might not even get drafted or he might be a second rounder, but he's a post player. He's a big guy post player. But yeah, don't guys, talk to me about him because he transferred out of West Virginia. Um, yeah, after should, one year. So, yeah. yeah, and then you look at you look at like uh, you look at the, these guys coming out of uh, high school now. Like all of them can shoot because you re- people the, the big time recruits are six eight six nines. Look at Victor Wembanyama right here can do everything. Yeah. He's like seven foot two or whatever he is. But these yeah. guys who are getting D one looks and that are getting looks in the NBA are six eights, are six tens. Mo Bamba was a freak coming out of high school because like, wait, mm-hmm. this guy can shoot threes too. He's six ten. Now obviously he's had yeah. kind of a good career, but it hasn't really panned out as much as people wanted. But like, yeah, you're also like me. I was a six five post player coming out of high school. Like I wasn't going. I wasn't ever going to go D one or D two. Mm-hmm. But I could have gone maybe high D three if I would have extended my game past the fr- the free throw line you know if i wasn't coming yeah. off the screens and nailing one at the elbow i mean i had a sick elbow game uh kevin <laughs> kincaid but from three still to this day i am i couldn't hit water if i fell out of a boat but i'd be i mean yeah. six 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 five six six coming off the screen being able to hit it that's like jj level that's like jj reddick kind of level like that dude yeah. that dude jj reddick would be me playing in the post in high school and that guy was one of the best shooters in the nba ever yeah, and I mean, you just look at the NBA. You got these like freak athletic wings. These like six eight guys who can do pretty much everything. I think I saw a graph on Twitter the other day saying that uh, charting uh, ball handlers, like primary ball handlers in the league over the years. I think the average primary ball handler now is like taller than six foot four. Yeah, you know, like everybody's huge. Everybody can do a lot of different things on the perimeter. But that's like your initiation. I mean, if you watch the playoffs over the last couple of years, it's starting on the perimeter. Like that's always been the thing with Embiid too. It's like can you can you close through a big? Right. I mean, if if your closing has to begin with an entry passed into the in pass into the post, then is that viable? You know, I mean, now they got hardened, but for the longest time, it's like who's your who's your closer? It wasn't Ben Simmons, it wasn't Robert Covington, it wasn't Dario Saric. You had Butler for the one year, right? But JJ Reddick was not a guy who could create his own shots. So it was like Embiid. The part of part of Embiid, you know, developing his game and moving his game back was because he was going to be the final shot guy, and now he can do it from a different starting point anyway. Here so, comes Mr. Contrarian in the chat. I want you to answer this. Isn't that a bad thing if the whole league is going to be rife with 6'10 dudes who shoot four to seven three-pointers per game? Doesn't that make Embiid's interior prowess more important? No, because three is more than two, Russ. Get on the analytics train. Well, they tried to play smash mouth offense and bull, or bully ball offense and smash mouth defense with Al Horford and, uh, you know, going double bigs there and that didn't really do anything for him, you know, but I don't, cause you think like, what's the counter to all this, like small, small ball, right. Just like bash, bash dudes in the paint. Right. But it's not, you know, you see on the other end, it's hard for like a dominant big in the paint to like spread out and defend when you're playing five out or four out and one in or something like that. Right. You know, cause it's, it's, you can exploit that on the, on the other end. It's just a space. It's a game of space and, shooting and perimeter play and like for Embiid and Jokic to do what they do uh everybody who likes basketball should just appreciate all of that I don't know why Hakeem's I don't know it seems like he's kind of that's a very sports radio kind of kind of you know kind of quote all, all the old school guys should take the Allen Iverson approach just appreciate all the young guys like yeah Allen Iverson, yeah. Allen Iverson yeah. loves appreciating the young guys that's yeah. the best that's the best part about Allen Iverson just calls them all his, his, his little guys worst part of the NBA too I think I think the the my era could beat your era or this era versus that. I think that's, you hear that talk the most in the NBA, you know, much more so than in the NFL or in hockey or or in baseball or whatever. I mean, it's like 
people got to understand so you can basically talk about two completely different games here not just based on the way that it's played but based on the way that it's called too i mean these perimeter guys these days couldn't get away with half the i mean perimeter defenders are out they're allowed to grab and clutch and, and all this stuff and there's so much more contact that was allowed so i mean when you when you take all of that and add it up you're really just basically looking at a completely different version of the game and that's why i think whenever people do these comparisons it's just you know it's it's myopic we got one more thing. It's one o'clock right now. We got one more. We can do Mike Miss pitching Gargano. We can do new WIP morning show. We could do pick between those. Do the morning show. What's what was the third choice there? And the third choice was rugby scrum middle complaints, but everyone's been complaining about. It. I, don't really, yeah. I don't really have much. In Let's there, talk about so. the WIP lineup, the new morning show. So they revealed their full list of guest contributors for the new morning show. The, the full timers are going to be Joe DeCamera, uh, John Ritchie, James Seltzer, Rhea Hughes. And uh, Joe Wechter, uh, Angelo's producer, is sticking around. The full list of guests. So, like, your your people who pop on every so often is going to be Ruben Amaro Jr., Ben Davis, Jaws, um, Ray Diddy, mm-hmm. Seth Joyner, Joe Conklin, and uh, am I missing somebody? I'm trying to remember. Devin Caney, I think, is Devin. Is Devin yeah. Devin's going to so be So, basically, it's going to be the Angelo show, Devin Caney, and then the same contributors that they had when he was here. Predominantly. So my question for you would be, did they go far enough in, you know, creating a departure from Angelo or were they not trying, trying to do that? You know, cause like, yeah, you put guys like Seth Joyner and Joe Conklin on. That's like largely the same, like it's exactly the same shit of 30 years ago. Right. You know, no, it's, it's no, it's, it's hundred percent the same. I mean, Ben Davis calls in all the time. Raj comes calls in all the time. Seth Joyner calls in all the time. And Ruben's Joe already Conklin- in the studio. Conklin's been there for forever. Yeah. Um, cool. I don't. I don't know. I, I'm not a good sports radio kind of analyzer because it's just like I don't listen to it. I'm not going to listen to it. I'm not going to start listening yeah. to it because yeah. people are on. I just. Um, I don't know. I guess they're going with the uh, don't. If it ain't broke, don't fix it model. Um, probably could have used. Yeah. Probably could have used a young guy in there. Yeah, or young gal. Like Devin's young, so that that's fine. But like, yeah. I can't speak to this strategy. I can sit here and bitch that they didn't do enough to like make it to refresh it and to make it new and different. But yeah. their strategy was not to make it new and different because it's largely worked and dominated in the ratings for as uh-huh. long as it has. But for me, Joiner and Conklin are a di- immediate dial change. You know, I just I need to hear Seth say the same shit that he's been saying for the last you know five years. But uh, but Ray and and Devin and you know Ru- Ruben and Ben are not hot take guys. Jaws is not a hot take guy. He's pretty measure jaws never says anything exciting but it doesn't say anything boring either he just mm-hmm. does good good he's a talk. great eagles ambassador great yeah. eagles ambassador he is um justin says what was with mike miss and gargana we did the story yesterday on the site that uh mike mike had the cuz on his podcast and he uh revealed at the end of it that he pitched beasley a couple years ago on a uh, mike missinelli anthony gargano afternoon show from one to six which they did not and he said they didn't listen to him and they didn't, they weren't interested in doing that, but he thought that was a way to be competitive against WIP and save the station. And, uh, you know, um, yeah, I thought it was a great idea. I mean, looking back on it, I think it would have been a great idea. Uh, Broad I, don't, I think the, obviously the, uh, the ratings were very, a lot closer back in the day. Um, but yeah, maybe that, I mean, yeah. and I think, I think Mike for a while was beating, was he not beating, Ike and uh, and John, or were John yeah. Ike- uh, initially when John and Ike started, Mike won like half the books, and then John and Ike won half, and then it and then it started to take off from there. So probably around the time they just started talking about politics and all this, like you know. Yeah, I, mean, I think a, I think a Mike and a, and a Cuz they would have played very well off each other. Obviously, people are very dedicated to Mike. Obviously, people are very dedicated to Cuz, and then obviously people hate Mike, and obviously people hate Cuz. So I think it would have been a good dynamic. They would have been able to uh, use their contacts and everything to get pretty good guests: Baldy, Shefty. Uh, Tim McManus, all those guys that usually come on and stuff. Tim Legler, love when Legs joins. Uh, Legs, yeah, Gargano. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I that's uh, that's interesting. Maybe I don't know. Maybe Beasley's phoning it in. I don't know. <laughs> Find out. That's uh, one of our things that we're looking out for in 2023, Pagan. Anything else? I'm trying to look. Nothing else. Uh, yeah, nothing else. I got on the uh, on the blog right now. Zach Bryan, who I just learned about, he'll drop his next single if. Uh, if the birds win on Sunday. So if you're a Zach Bryan fan, I know Craig is, uh, I don't know about you. You don't strike me as one. Uh, I just learned about him. I'll be honest with you. 
Uh, I saw all my hipster friends posting him, and he's a, he's an Eagles fan uh, because he's dating a girl from the Philly suburbs, and he's lives around here supposedly. So shout out to Zach Bryan. Uh, really, your only criteria for me to like you is to be an Eagles fan. So look out for the next Zach Bryan single when uh, the Eagles take it to the Giants by uh, three touchdowns. That's it today. Um, hey, have a good rest of the day. I know uh, we only got two more days, two more days of anxiety, and then we'll get there. We'll get to 815. It'll be great. Uh, I'll see some people down at uh, down at the link, down at the tailgating. We'll be uh, we'll be there pregame. Looking forward to it. Thank you to Craig uh, behind the scenes. Thank you to Kev. Thank you to James Crash. Go follow and go read Kev. What's the website called? EliteSportsNY.com. Who could have forgotten that? Uh, th- I'm Kyle. We will talk to you next Tuesday when the birds are in the NFC Championship.